0: Today we have a lovely return guest, Giovanna Franklin, who will be sharing with us her love of the homeopathic remedies made from various gemstones and how we can use these remedies in homeopathic practice. Giovanna has also written a book called Gifts from the Earth, which shares valuable information on these gemstone remedies. The book is hot off the press as it was only launched a few weeks ago, so be sure to get a copy through Balboa Press or on Amazon. If you're a fan of gemstones like me, you are going to love this episode episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we have the lovely Giovanna Franklin back on the podcast because there is still lots more that we need to chat about. Welcome, Giovanna.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me again.
0: (laughs) Well, I won't ask you how you got into homeopathy. People are going to have to scroll back a few extra episodes uh, ago. I think we said episode 73 you were on. So they'll have to scroll back and and find out how you introduced to homeopathy. Because today it's all about gems. And you have just released a book on gemstones. So let's talk about all things gems. What made you decide to write this book? And what is it called? And where can people get it?
1: Okay, so uh, the Short answers first. The book is called Gifts from the Earth Gemstone Remedies in Homeopathy, and it's available on Amazon now. It's just been released on Amazon, so it's much easier for everybody to get it. And yeah, how I got into gemstone remedies. First of all, I would like to say that I've, I've always been really into jewelry and crystals and gemstones, and that's from childhood. And that's because my mother was, as I always say, the the, the poor version of Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just aging myself, but, you know, everybody knows Elizabeth Taylor was obsessed with jewelry and, uh, and my mom was too, obviously, she, you know, we could not afford that kind of uh stuff but you know she she did okay <laughs> and so uh since i was little i was literally dragged to auctions and um you know the 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 jewelry quarters of the city and we used to spend hours and hours going through you know looking at this and that. And so passively, it was like passive smoking, I I <laughs> absorbed all the information, even though at the time, of course, you know, it's not it's not something that I would, you know, necessarily <laughs> subject a child to, it's boring, it wasn't something I wanted to do, but I didn't have any choice at the time. But that kind of information stayed with me. And then growing up, of course, I do like my bling, you know, I really, really like <laughs> it. I like my shiny stuff I cannot lie and when I started uh, studying homeopathy I I went to to the clinic um, you know to the uh, for the clinical observation and I met other students and I realized that I I thought I was a little bit fish out of water everybody else was talking about you know I'd been to safaris in Africa and loved the outdoors and you know gardening. I was really into nature and animals, and I'm really none of these things. And so for a while, I was even thinking, I was questioning myself. I'm not really that good with nature. I don't even even watch documentaries about nature. <laughs> I'm not interested? So am I? Am I really cut out for this? You know, I'm. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Homeopathy is not just plants and animals. Mm. It's minerals as well. I'm not doing a herbology. Uh, qualification I'm going to be a homeopath so maybe there's something for me (laughs) that fits. but gemstones are not uh typically taught in the curriculum so that was not in the curriculum in my school and so I just let it go and then when I was in supervision I I had a case I took the case of um my parish priest which which is in my book and uh and that was extraordinary because it was very intuitive. It was the first time that I, I didn't repertorize. the. You know, sometimes the the patient gives you the mm, remedy, mm, hands on the platter. They, they, yeah, they just tell you. And and this lady was uh, quite unique. And uh, and basically, she noticed I was wearing a, an amethyst pendant, and uh, and she said, "Oh, I love amethyst when I pray." i often hold amethyst um natural amethyst in my hand and it calms me down it helps me blah blah blah. and this lady was really um i was finding it hard to pinpoint you know to really have a clear picture of of her case because in my from my perspective she was like she she had all the sensitivities of a plant she had plenty of uh, chemical sensitivities and all sorts of uh, she was very sensitive to light and uh, you know she had sad you know the seasonal effect of this. So, so that was the plant but then she spoke like a like a mineral you know she had the language of minerals she was mm. talking about structure and uh, here's my rock and uh you know her body language was very mineral and so i was confused and then um but pure serendipity, I was browsing on YouTube and I found this short video uh, by homeopath Anna mm. Uh She's a Belgian homeopath. And she, what do you know? She said, you know how to tell if your patient needs a gemstone remedy is one. the first clue is that you will see that they are like a cross between two kingdoms. So like a plant and a mineral. And I was like, ha, ha, <laughs> that's it. And, you know, I can't find that video anymore. Aww. I was looking because I wanted to put a reference, you know, the, the link of that video in, in my book, in the bibliography, and I couldn't find it. I don't know if it's been removed or what happened to it and I'm like did I dream about it I mean it was definitely there you'll
0: have to ask <laughs> Anna she's can. really good with email if you email her she was on the podcast as well flicker an email
1: and ask oh yes yeah that's a good yeah. idea I didn't think I could do that you know because she's like
0: oh wonderful oh. she's so she's so lovely <laughs>
1: oh that's yeah. great yeah that's a great idea we'll do that because that was a very very good that got me started because I went back and I said okay so she mentioned amethyst I think I'm going to give her amethyst and I didn't even know if it was a thing mm. you know so I had to go and look and that's how I got to Peter Tominello's book mm. the the 12 jewels and so I bought his book but then I went back to my supervisor and I said listen I'm really sorry I felt really terrible I didn't do any repertorizing for this case because I think she needs amethyst my supervisor didn't have any literature on gemstone remedies either. She didn't really know much about these remedies, but she said, "You know what? Just go for it and see what happens." You know, that's that's what you do. And and the case went really really well, and um, it was extraordinary. I mean, she went through some aggravation, some transformation, literal physical and spiritual transformation. Um, and transformation is one of the big themes of Gemstone Remedies. And so it was a very, very eye-opening case. And from then on, I thought, wow, I found my affinity. I, I really resonate with Gems. And I thought, well, maybe all, all those hours I spent as a child <laughs> that was not so useless after all I can actually put it into this work because of course you know myopathy you always go back to the source whatever mm-hmm. the, the remedy is and I do know my sources <laughs> <laughs> wow. um so and I and I do resonate with them I, yeah. I don't know it's like they speak to, they're alive that's what I'm that's what I'm saying to me rocks in general, they don't even have to be shiny <laughs> um, but Chinese you know, bonus. mountains. yes, that's <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but you know, even rocks, even mountains, even you know I see pictures of um, you know those red rocks in Arizona, and I've never been there, and I really, really want to go there because those rocks, they just speak to me. I just I don't know, they're just so attractive, just mm-hmm. I like rocks, I don't know what to say. <laughs>
0: You, you are allowed to like rocks, Giovanna. That is really, really lovely. <laughs> I as, as you're saying this, I actually, um we we now sell crystals in my clinic as well. And we've got this lovely wholesaler here in Perth. So I went there last week to buy some things. I am not going to tell you how much I spent because it was way too much, but it, it's just just being in the shop with all these gemstones around you. I don't know, you could just feel the energy of it. It was just so amazing. And I just want to like touch them all. And I think if there was like a gemstone, bath or something you can somehow surround yourself with all these gemstones. I would like to do that. But I guess the next next best thing is to take a homeopathic remedy and just immerse your whole vital force in the gemstone.
1: <laughs> so that's right, because yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was going to say tell us a little
1: bit about um what what gemstones are in your book. Um so I picked uh the stones that I knew best, that mm-hmm. that I used on, uh, that I prescribed to patients or In some cases that I decided to prove a few years ago, just out of curiosity, and uh, and I wrote down all the effects they had on me. And funnily enough, the effects were on the psychological level, not even psychological, on the subliminal level, because I had really, really wild dreams from the remedies, which were unequivocally... (laughs) link to the remedies. Uh, And so I had all that written down and I included that um, in the book. So I I had 12 gemstones. Some of them are precious stones. Some of them are semi-precious stone. And I explained the, the difference between the two. So precious stones are the easiest way to recognize them is by the price (laughs) because they are the most expensive ones and they're expensive because they're graded by um, how hard they are, you know, the hardness, uh, how rare they are and, and how shiny they are, (laughs) how good they are at refracting the the light. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously diamonds are precious stones, rubies, sapphires, emeralds, Um, other stones that are, not so rare, for example, rose quartz um, is relatively common, mm. so it's relatively affordable. But it's breakable; it's more break. All the quartz family, they they are hard, they are cold, but they're brittle; they they're mm. very fragile. Mm. And um, and they're not that hard to find. You don't need to dig as far down uh, into the the ground to find them. So for that reason they are less they're considered less precious and so they're called semi-precious
0: i don't know i love rose quartz and amethyst so i i consider them precious they're precious to me
1: (laughs) oh yeah i love them no absolutely Mm. absolutely they are absolutely i mean um, and clear quartz is
0: mm. Mm. (laughs) beautiful It's so interesting because uh, my bestie is a geologist, and she. My son asked me the other day, you know, how are the crystals made? I'm like, I don't know. Send Joanna a voice message; she'll reply. And then she sent this voice message back, explaining to my son how these are made. And um, I'm gonna. I hope I don't butcher this, but she was saying how when a volcano erupts, and then somehow there's a bubble that gets caught in there. And then you know the, everything hardens, and then within this this bubble, then the quartz uh, is created inside of that. And then she was saying that amethyst is actually just a purple quartz. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about it that way. But um, the way yeah. that she explained it, I'm like, oh yeah. So you have this, you know, geode formed this bubble inside. And Joanna, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I've completely butchered that. <laughs> you explained it much more. No, eloquently. no, but
1: that's uh, that's uh, that's absolutely right. The quartz is mm. that's how they are they are formed. That's right. And particularly amethyst is considered volcanic and partly because of the color and the color of the different quartets is given by a little metal that is mixed in. So Mm. it can be manganese. um, And silica as
0: well, I think. think. Is it silica as well? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. The main component of all the quartets is silicon dioxide. Mm. Okay. And so in homeopathy, comparatively, you can think about silica, Mm. you know, just the, the remedy silica. So you have that, the miasm, the psychotic miasm, and those characteristics that the main theme for me with silica is that it's hard it's rigid but it's very fragile Mm, it's brittle Uh, it's easy to cut you know it's the flint you know when they used to use flint in prehistoric times because it was very hard you could use it as a knife you could use it uh, as a spear but it was very easy to work on because it was easily chippable (laughs) you know they they just used a chip And if you drop a a crystal, it will break, Mm. you know, the quartz crystal, unfortunately. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And for our listeners, when I've just suddenly came, popped into my mind, when you're hearing homeopaths talking about, you know, crude substances, you know, you always try to think, how would I relate this to a person in front of me? So the fact that, you know, silica is uh, hard, but also they're very brittle. So what would that look like in a person? So, you know, when we're trying to, match like with like so when you're hearing giovanna talking about these things try to think about the type of person that you think might need this but i wonder can you maybe tell us about some more of the the gemstones that you've got in your book and and what sort of people would you prescribe them for and if you're taking a case what might alert you to the fact that you might need a gem remedy apart from what you were saying that there might be two different kingdoms that comes up but what what other reasons might you use a gem remedy for
1: um yeah that's a very good question because. What I see are patients who have people who have been through a lot of challenges in their lives, a lot of trauma, often dark situations, uh, abuse, violence, you know, domestic abuse or childhood trauma. And then they have come through all these challenges and they have come through with a different perspective. I would say transform. Transformation is one of the key words. So people who have gone through all these challenges and they may be broken, perhaps in some way, damaged physically, which is the reason why they come to the homeopath in the first place. But at the same time, they have a different perspective. It's like they have been tempered. Mm. They have been fortified. Their soul, their spirit is different and there is no the thing that strikes me every time is how these people despite everything they've, they've been through they have no bitterness there is no blame in the way they talk there is pure forgiveness there is self-awareness there is spiritual awareness there is a very very deep spiritual awareness and it may be religious it may not be religious but there is this depth uh, spiritually that, that you recognize that absolutely shines through and it's different. It's different from, from any other, they're, they're I would say they're special people. They they are unique. I mean, everybody's unique, but mm-hmm. these people, for some people, for some reason, they, they just stand out that they are, it's like their, their soul jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. I can, I can almost see it. It's, uh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They all have different stories But that's the the key theme. And that's the key theme, one of the the themes of of gemstones, because when you think about it, particularly the, you know, think about a diamond, you know, it's a piece of carbon and, you know, the untempered, the uh, younger kind of uh, sort of uh, carbon is the graphite, you know, it's it's a pencil. Uh, But when it goes through... A long, long, millions of years long process of extreme heat inside the earth and pressure, real pressure. it It's squeezed. It's like a distilled form of the original substance. And then you get the diamond. Mm. Wow. It's It's a crystallized form. And it's beautiful. But think about what that piece of rock had to go through to become a diamond Mm. and even after that you have to go dig it out Mm. and it takes a lot of effort a lot of time a lot of money and you have to dig it out and then you have to polish it and you have to clean it it's covered in dirt so that it goes through a lot of stuff (laughs) before you can see what it is and it's Mm. beautiful and it's shiny and strong Mm. Uh, but before you get there wow it, it takes a lot so the transformation and the, the suffering there is a lot of suffering because that's the fact i discovered you know you, you you look at crystals everybody's like oh shiny mm-hmm. shiny they're beautiful and you think about positive stuff and they're pretty and they're, they make you feel good and oh look at that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i had to share that i actually yeah a friend gave
1: me this but yeah it's just so gorgeous nice chunk of quartz they're really beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. but then when i was reading you know, I was reading Tuminello and I was reading other books. The darkness, that, that's why you, you don't associate diamonds with the mm. darkness.
0: I guess they are deep, deep in the earth where it's very dark. So,
1: Yeah. And also, where are they found? Think about diamonds. They are usually found in, in some really troubled places places Mm. on the earth you know africa india south america they're the places where there is a lot of trouble a lot of violence the process of extracting these stones Mm. you know they talk about blood diamonds for Mm. example you know all the the greed and the the Causes that generates violence and, and mm-hmm. are used to buy weapons, and so th- there's a lot of kind of negative energy around them sometimes, uh, and we don't realize that. Um, and I didn't realize that, so that was um, it. Made me get rid of the diamonds that I had from my mom. I I actually auctioned them off. I couldn't, and it kind of explained to me why whenever I was wearing my mother's diamonds, it, I, I didn't feel good. Wow. I don't know. I have felt mm, um, other things from my mother. Absolutely. Yes. Fine. But the diamonds. And I love diamonds. I used to, that was used to be my favorite. And now I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. them anymore. And I don't, don't have almost any. So um, there's other, other stones that resonate better with me. But that's explained to me because, yeah, that there is a very, very mm, dark uh, aspect. But the flip side of that, because as usual, polarities, mm. uh, you know, there's the darkness versus light. So the the stone is born in darkness in the bowels of the earth. It comes out and sees the light and not just sees the light, but it reflects the light. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. you get to that journey and, and you get to help your patient going through that journey and recognize that. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's beautiful.
0: Amazing. And Giovanna, do you know how the gemstone remedies are made?
1: Yes. So uh, there's two ways. For example, the first gemstone that was proved was by Sankaran in the 70s. That was diamond, mm-hmm. Adamas. And he did that by trituration. So he literally mm-hmm. had to get the diamond pulverized. <sighs> and then it followed, which to me, ah, oh, gosh, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. a uh, diamond. <laughs> yeah. Although they would have is, just needed uh, the
0: teeniest amount.
1: Yes. But still, I don't know. To me, it's almost like disrespecting mm. a stone or inflicting. It's a violent act. You have to mm. literally, oh, I don't like doing that. <laughs> um, but most of them now, I think Helios has immersion. So the immersion method is way easier. <laughs> you don't need to do anything. You just immerse it in water. Uh, in a still water in a glass container you expose the container to the sunlight and the moonlight for 24 hours and that's your mother tincture if you like Mm. and then it goes through the the whole process so uh, a lot of people ask me all the time can I make my own remedy and I say yeah you can but the thing is you know like you were saying earlier it's much easier to to take the remedy because you know buying a ruby eh, (laughs) it can be expensive and and also the remedies are made from um, pure very pure gemstones Mm -hmm. so the the purest you can find and obviously the the purest the the more expensive so you know it can be costly the other thing is that a lot of the gemstones that we find in crystal shops that we buy etc even the affordable ones They are very often treated to enhance the color, for example. So they are heated. They go through different processes because when you heat up um, a gemstone, the the color pops up. Um, Interesting. And so so they're not really pure. The molecular structure changes. So um, I wouldn't, unless they came absolutely certified, 100% natural, nothing happened to them. I wouldn't trust um to just buy a crystal and use it for that purpose to make a remedy
0: Mm, that's I'm really glad you pointed that out I didn't I didn't know that about the heating uh Giovanna do you have some case examples you want to share with us of when you've used gems in your clinic
1: yes so rose quartz is the one that I use more frequently than others
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and I've used it and first of all It's nice and pink, and it might lead people to think, oh, it's the love stone, and it's the girls, and it's Ferren. It's a a remedy, so you can use it. I have prescribed it to guys as well as women, so it's uh, nothing to do with that. But it is a very, very good remedy, I find, for um, together with carcinocin. I've used it a lot, Mm. Uh, together with carcinocin. In cases of, I had a case of fibromyalgia, uh, which is in in my book, and it was the first case where I used pro sports. Now, fibromyalgia, I find carcinogen very useful for this particular condition. And the reason for that is that usually, I mean, without fail, at least in my practice, I don't know if you have a different experience, but in my experience, all of them, all of the cases were about people who are incredibly given who have lived a life of service to Mm -hmm. others, you know, just given so much, like looking after um, sick people, family members, um, extreme sacrifice to the point where they totally neglected themselves. And that's how they became ill in the first place. I think that's my, my theory. They just gave too much. They didn't look after themselves. They become, they're very much empathic. So they absorb, everybody else's problems they're very they have no defenses almost they have no external Mm. defenses so that's very carcinogenic. that's a very cancer myosin Mm. and so carcinosis can help but this particular case that i had this lady came to me and she the usual story she had a traumatic childhood parents with alcohol abuse. She was the eldest of her siblings, so she had to basically raise her younger brothers and sisters. Mm. So she was very responsible from an early age. Then she got married. Her husband was kind of psychologically abusive, so she got divorced eventually. She went through a medical abortion that she didn't want to have, but the doctors advised her to do that because she was told the baby would be severely Down syndrome with lots of complications, etc., Mm -hmm. And then eventually afterwards she found out that it was a mistake. They, she had been misdiagnosed. The baby would have been absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. And that absolutely, I mean, that I can't even imagine how crushing. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. That was just unbelievable. Um, So, and then she looked after her her mother-in-law until she passed. So she, she was always there for other people, Mm -hmm. When I asked her, so what are your hobbies? What do you like doing with your time? She said, I really, really enjoy, you know, I realize how lucky I am. Uh, I was like, really? <laughs> Gosh, um, I'm grateful grateful for what I have and I really enjoy volunteering to help the homeless. And I thought, wow. And, you know, and while she was telling me all this stuff, no bitterness, no self-pity, no sense of, you know, poor me, uh, you know, I'm a victim. Very gentle, very calm, very lovely, just lovely, lovely, lovely person. And she was very, very religious. And she really believed in, you know, energies. And she was into Reiki and other things. She was was just different. I'd never met somebody. That was the first time. That was a few years ago. She was telling me all these things that were really heavy. And there was no anger. Not Mm -hmm. even... I couldn't perceive, she was not, you know, some people, some people say, you know, the Nat types, you know, they they go like, oh no, I I've forgiven everything. I don't even think about it. And then they bring it up over and over mm, again. But mm, he said, mm. and I remember that and you can tell there is that kind of, you know, suppressed mm. anger, even the nitric acids, um, yeah. there's that thing eating up uh, from the inside. No, there was none of that, none of that. Mm. She was genuinely amazing. And so, so I gave her the Carson, but I also gave her um, uh, price codes. Sports, mm. uh, A one M, just one dose, and then um, when she came back for the follow up, it was actually quite a while after because in the meantime, she amazingly she finally decided to go on holiday mm. for the first time. And guess what? She was she actually went to Australia. She had a friend who lives in Australia, and she had tried for years to say come on come over you can just stay with me and you know have a rest and have a holiday and get some sunshine you know um because obviously you know this weather that we have in Scotland is not amazing particularly if you have you know muscle pains and mm. <laughs> joint pains and things and she always said no because because there was always something else that she had to do for somebody else you know oh, my mm. son needs me No, oh, my mother-in-law needs me no 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 and this time, she just dropped everything. She went, and she had the oh. time of her life. She was nice and lovely and tan, and she was fantastic. And to me, the okay, the sunshine, I'm sure helped, mm. <laughs> and the the sea air and everything. But the fact that she took that decision, that she yeah. realized, no, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. This is good for me. I have to do something that's good for me. Mm. So that was the remedy. That was, uh, I think, that was the remedy.
0: Absolutely amazing. It's... It's so interesting because we see these sorts of things in our clinics all the time where, where I always say when you find the right remedy, your body's like self preservation mechanism kicks in where any sort of self destructive behaviors and things, it tends to just fall away, but it happens in such a gentle way that the client won't really know. The, or they weren't no, necessarily they attributed to the remedy, but it's just like, it's just interesting you know, they don't go on a holiday in 10 years, give a remedy and then suddenly go on holiday. So, you know, remedy might, might be complete placebo, might be coincidence, but you know, it's, yeah, there's so know. many
1: coincidences.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's Hope y- has a lot of coincidences. <laughs> amazing. Oh, that's such a great story, Giovanna. I love it. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience about the gemstones and if, yeah, if obviously this is something that you, I mean, you wouldn't really, as, as a home prescriber, you wouldn't really use it, but your homeopath might prescribe it for you. Um, how how can the homeopath learn more about this? And, or, or is it something that you would say to a home user to use themselves? Um,
1: mm, 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 mm. This is a tricky one because, I mean, I'm not against self prescribing, you know, mm. for acutes and things. I don't think, I mean, my experience is that Uh, gemstones are for chronics Mm. not for acutes yeah and uh, for deep chronics Mm. um, And that the other thing is that there isn't uh, yet enough literature on gemstone remedies Mm. for us to consider maybe they can be used for acutes but Mm. we just don't know because we haven't really used them Mm. uh, so much it's amazing actually while well, I was studying the 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 subject to see how actually crystals and gemstones have been used in medicine for thousands of years. I mean, think about Ayurvedic medicine. you know in India, they just you know they just eat them literally, <laughs> You know <what> I mean? <laughs> or they they place them on on the parts of the body, and they they've been using them for thousands of years, and we haven't. and and homeopathy is very late compared mm. to other forms of medicine. I mean, the first proving, like I said, was was 1970 something mm. when Sankaran did, uh, with, wow. did the diamond proving. And so and then after that, um, Jeremy Cher did quite a few uh, in the 90s. But there isn't an awful lot. So we're just starting now, I think, um, coming to terms with these amazing things. And so I don't know. So I would at this stage, I don't think we we can actually kind mm. of self no
0: that's fine these podcasts i always put them out there for the general public but the information in it is more to tantalize them sort of and show them what tools we have as homeopaths to be able to help them and since i've been doing these podcasts so many of my clients have come up to me and said I heard this homeopath talk about this remedy. Do you think that might be something that's useful for me? So if nothing else, I hope that our listeners will listen to this and might might identify with some of what you said and maybe contact their own homeopath and say, this lady Giovanna was talking about the gemstone res- remedies and I really resonate with that. Is that maybe something that you would consider for my case? Or you know, so Yeah. If yeah. nothing else, and follow
1: I- your intuition. Yeah, because a yeah. lot of people have you know, they, they tell me they feel better when they have a certain crystal close to them. Mm. And when they say that, I'm like, OK. So I recently had um, a new patient and she's a descendant of Native American tribe. She's a health hopi And she was telling me, among other things, that she's really she loves turquoise. It, it, it calms her down mm. and it makes her feel better. And so. I didn't really know much about turquoise, but I looked it up and it has this thing about purifier. One of the characteristics; is it's a purifying Mm stone and she has an awful lot of multiple chemical sensitivities. And I thought, "Hmm." and so, yeah, I said, okay, I'm going to give you this. So I gave her different remedies, but I'm also giving you a little turquoise remedy, 30C. And see how you get on with that. You know, sometimes try. There's no, yeah, if you have a homeopath, you know, with you and you have a bit of guidance, but also, yeah, follow your, your instinct. I'll often do that. I'll give my client a
0: prescription and then I'll say, And this is a free remedy I'm giving you because I want you to test it out for me. I want you to be my guinea pig. Just try this one out and Mm -hmm. let me know how you go just in return for some feedback. It might not do anything, but it might. But there's so many remedies out there and uh, unless we actually use them and get feedback from our clients, we're not going to know how they might be able to help others as well. So I hope there's homeopaths that listen to this and get interested in using some more of the gemstone remedies.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what it's for. And if you are that way inclined and you're healthy and you're just curious Like Misha Norland said to us, you know, just try it. You want to do a little proving for yourself. That's what I did. I just took him, you know, a 1M three days in a row of black opal, for example, because Mm -hmm. I didn't find anybody to give it to. And and off I went. And then I just wrote down and I had some wild, the wildest dreams (laughs) ever. And I wrote them down. I wrote everything down and I put that in the book because they did, they were about that remedy. And I didn't even know what that remedy entailed, what kind of symptoms, uh, what kind of affinities it had. But the the dreams that I had were amazing. And, uh, And so, yeah, so that can also be a little you know, it's a, it's a curiosity. It can do, you can maybe discover something about yourself uh, if the remedy resonates with you in some, some level. Yeah. And if not, you'll just have some very entertaining
0: dreams. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Giovanna, it was lovely to chat with you. Could you just run our listeners again? Is your book geared towards homeopaths or the general public?
1: Uh, the general public, really, I just try to make it really accessible because, like I said, you can read Peter Minello and I do recommend it. It's amazing and it's very comprehensive. It's a huge book, but uh, it, it's not a light reading. That, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. And so if you're if you're just interested in crystals, but you don't know a lot about homeopathy, this is a very good introduction. That's um beautiful it's really easy. It's not a massive book. It's actually very, very small, and uh, but it gives you a nice taster. Mm.
0: Well, actually, I think before we started recording, you were saying about the new Materia Medica book with Colin Griff- of Colin yes, Griffiths. Yes, Colin
1: Griffiths yeah. has uh, two volumes and he, he called it new Materia Medica because a lot of the uh, remedies in there are are relatively new and uh, there are quite a lot of uh, gemstone remedies in there as well oh, that's
0: really cool because literally this week i've completed his ancestral trauma book that he has oh Sketch yes e. oh my oh, gosh yes. that was mind-blowing and he was talking yes. there about i think it was emerald that he was saying is used uh, in the ancestral yes. lines uh for males yes and ayahuasca yes, yes. for the female ancestral line. And oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So just opened up a whole another can of worms. I honestly feel like, yeah, like I have ADHD because there's so much in homeopathy. I feel if I had, you know, 10 lifetimes, I couldn't learn it all. But I'm I'm trying my best.
1: <laughs> I know you're right. Yeah, I, I, I followed that webinar as well. And I remember when you mentioned oh, emerald. Oh, so good. Yes,
0: mm.
1: really, really good.
0: Well, just quickly tell us, you said the book is available on Amazon and your website for people who want to get in touch.
1: Yeah. My website is homeopathyheal.co.uk.
0: Excellent. And it was lovely to chat with you again. And I hope we can speak again soon.
1: Yeah. It was really lovely to see you again. <laughs> yeah, It was so nice. So, yeah. Like uh, catching Great. up with an old friend. Thank you so much. Chat yeah. Soon. Thank Bye. you. Okay. Bye-bye.